0: Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day and remember, every thought does matter. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast features Steph. I've gotten to know Steph through TikTok. And I decided I wanted her on my podcast. Turns out she has a deep philosophical mind that I explored. And as a mother of four, wife, chef, and a funny lady, she has recovered from anxiety, depression, and a few other obstacles along the way to be that woman that's living in the moment. Tune into this Extra Ordinary Podcast. I love talking to her so much, and we could have talked for hours. Step.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I wanted to have you. You're on a live last Thursday, and you dived into some very fascinating topics. I'm sort of kind of near and dear to my heart. So, and I started calling you Tole on the the live, which you're like, yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> Eckert, Good old Eckert. Yes,
0: <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah, but talk, about, kind of give me. A little bit of background who you are. Uh, what I know is you're a wife, you're a mother of four, and what I didn't know until that night was that you're also a chef, which I thought was really cool. I don't like to cook. So that's always fascinating to me, for people who like to cook. So tell me a little bit about yourself and give me a little bit of a setup of who you are and where you're at in life.
1: Okay, so I'm 41. Let's just get that out there right away. Yep. <laughs> 41 years old, uh, mom of four, uh, beautiful kids. I got three girls and one boy. I have a 16-year-old as my oldest and six is my youngest. So we've got quite the range there. Um, yes, I went to culinary school. I met my husband when I was 21 and I was working for a mortgage company. And he, and then I was unhappy. And he's like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, well, I've always wanted to try out culinary school. Well, well, go. Go to culinary school so I went, I loved it, I completely demolished it, straight A's the whole time, there every day, (laughs) Um, had a blast, Uh, but cooking's in my blood, I come from an Italian family and a Spanish family, so my mom, there were just a bunch of cooks and eaters, mainly, mainly eaters, Um, so did that, yeah, but then at 24, we decided after we got married, well, not after actually a little bit before we decided we wanted to start a family. So, um, we got married, found out I was pregnant and, um, both of us were kind of latchkey kids. So prior to deciding to have children, we decided that one of us needs to stay home to be an at-home parent. And because I wasn't really making any money at the time, I was the one who took one for the team and, um, did the whole stay at home thing. It's been, it's been a rough ride. It's not the easiest thing. I thought, like, Oh cool. I don't have to work. Okay. Well that yeah, that's not true. <laughs> you have to work. So yeah. So my husband, he works in it and um, yeah, he's, he's just been climbing the ladder um, for the past 20 years and I've been there to support his career and to support my, my, you know, my kids and, and everybody and try to support myself as much as I can along the way. <laughs> Wow. Yep. But that's I did not I mean, know
0: your husband was in IT. Huh.
1: Yeah, he's an architect. He works for Home Depot. Wow. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. that be IT's information technology, computers and things like that. So he's like a computer architect?
1: Yes. So I guess like I don't really know anything, but this is just my guess because I've never even really asked him for an explanation. On what an architect is, but I think, cause he's software. So he, um, he builds programs, but he's not, a. but he started out as a programmer, but he builds programs and stuff to much more detail, um, within the company and runs the Salesforce end of it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Salesforce, but they were 30 advertised. 30 yes. Yeah, they I were know, advertised. They okay. Um, but yeah, so he he runs okay. that. Um, yeah.
0: So. Small world moment because I was in IT for twenty five years. Okay. Programmer, literally. I did something for the last fifteen. Something called People's Up, which is a had a bunch of It's an ERP. And your husband will know what I'm talking about, but it's an ERP that has. Wow! I supported that as a geek.
1: So. <laughs> Do you miss it? Do you miss doing that kind of work?
0: I miss the money. I don't miss the work. I miss the yeah. people. Most the way that is is I miss the people. And here's the funny thing: I knew about this podcast today too, because that just surfaced as well. You, I knew when I had you on that it was gonna be. You're gonna ask me questions that I'm not ready for. And I love that. That's going to be great. That's just how you are. You're a very curious human being. And that's how I got started in computers. I broke my first computer when I was in 1981.
1: I think. Oh, nice. That's the year I was born.
0: Yeah. I think. Oh, really appreciate you. Just knocking me in the gut right away. i doubling over. Coughing now. I need more water.
1: <laughs> well i would never know how old you are by looks so if that if that redeems myself at all there
0: <laughs> ah whatever i need a jaeger yeah. shot now Jeez. i
1: got a I i got a bottle on the counter that i, don't I know
0: i'm, I'm sure finishing. you do
1: <laughs>
0: but oh goodness sake. And, but that to me that's why i love my podcast because i connect to people and i find me, you know my grandmother said she was leading my mother around in this Mom bought a store in outstate Nebraska. It's basically a five and dime. And she's like, she was doing sales to make extra money. Her grandma and grandpa were farmers by trade. Grandpa actually built the house and bought the land and everything and built the house and all that. But she needed extra money. So she was in sales and she said, talk to somebody long enough to find something to come.
1: Oh, yeah. all
0: Plus, day <laughs> I know it's, it's my it fascinates me because- I have
1: not, I have not read any of his books yet. And um, I just, I go through phases with reading. I'm really weird. I will like binge read 10 books and then I won't read for a couple of years, you know, cause I, then I have to process then everything that I've read and it takes a while for me to process. I'm a slow processor as far as that, because I really like for it to become part of me. You know, I don't just want to read a book. And then be like, okay, read that book just so that I can have it as a tally on the, on the bedpost, like, you know, read that book. I like it to become part of me. I spent, I spent time and I invested my time into reading it. So you better believe it's going to become part of me. So I have yet to pick up any of his, his books, but I keep on hearing such amazing things. So. Well,
0: I'm not a chef and I thought it very, very good. And my friend yeah. gave it to me, doesn't. It? Well, she likes to cook, but she got caught by her grandmother. But she's actually a really good cook. But I, I strongly recommend. I'll message you what it is. Yeah. I just think you love it. And but I like that about you, though. You are going to read a book, and you're going to. That's an investment of your time. So you want to get something out of that investment. So kind of talk about like that mindset, because that's not always been your mindset. Is that right?
1: Well. <laughs> You know, I, no, it hasn't for, I, I didn't even know that that was a mindset to, to, to even, you know, begin with. I've always kind of lived and and you kind of put me in my place earlier when I messaged you and said, Hey, you know, can we do one fifteen? And then I said, I'm hustling to try to, and you're like, no, 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 slow down, you know, moment to moment. I'm a little high strung and I try to rush, rush through things. So I was always just rushing from one you know, moment to the next without embracing it, no matter how difficult or how sad or how rough it was. I just, or how happy it was, I would just rush through to the next because I would think that something better was waiting in the next moment. When that's not true, because you don't know what's happening, you know, and what's happening is right now. So that's yeah, and I and I had uh, I dealt with a lot of anxiety. As a matter of fact. Last night, I was woken up by a panic attack, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me why until this morning. I was like, oh, I'm a little nervous about this Zoom call right now, <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> and um, I guess that kind of um, started up my anxiety going a little bit, um, but yeah. Um, do, do you want the whole backstory about my anxiety? Yes, I do.
0: do you- I, I love people's origin stories. That's what fascinates me, but that's what connects us. You know, it right. makes us, and you, like, on TikTok, you do a really good job with that. You help people feel comfortable and safe, to say whatever they want to say, and yep. you don't judge them, and you also give, you gave that to me, and I'm like, wow, this this lady is different, and then you brought up Tole, and I'm like, okay, yep, yeah, she's part of my tribe now.
2: <laughs> Yay. So I just want to
0: hear about that. I want to hear how you got to that I will learn something about myself
1: through that. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, So I I never planned on being a parent, okay? When I was younger, um, little girls would play house. You know, they would play baby dolls and pretend to be moms. That was never at all in my mind. I saw how hard my parents struggled, like with money, and how hard they had to work, and I saw it like them just trying to provide us the best, even though they couldn't barely, barely provide anything, you know, they could barely put food on the table. So to me, that said that having children is going to make my life harder and more difficult. I, I didn't really see the plus side of having kids, you know, even though my, my parents, they're very loving, you know, they never made us feel bad for the fact that they had us. They were always ecstatic to be with us, you know, so, but I, I made up that having a family and having children means you're never going to have any money and you're going to be on, and you're going to be just struggling. It's just going to be a constant struggle. So, um, when I met my husband, I found out he was adopted. And when we decided to actually get married and do all that, I was like, something changed in me. I was like, I want to give him his own blood. And the only way to do that is to take one for the team (laughs) and have some children. Um, another reason why I was kind of scared to have to to go through pregnancies was my mom had gained a lot of weight during her pregnancies, and she never lost it. So I was always afraid to become heavy. I was just deathly afraid, and all the women on my mom's side of the family were all heavy women. So I was like, I'm destined to become overweight and unhealthy because of having children. so I like I said, my my husband, made me change that whole, you know, view and I'm like, well, I just might have to work harder to lose the weight or just hopefully not gain as much, you know, or whatever. So, we planned our first pregnancy. I was a few months pregnant going into our marriage. Um, but yeah, so we had the first one and I waited 5 years before we decided to have Lily, our our second daughter. So she was another planned baby. Those that was we were good. And he came from a two baby family and I came from a two baby family, just had my little brother and he had his older sister. So we were kind of accustomed to just the two child family. Um, two years um, in t- after having Lily, I ended up pregnant again with our third child. And um, now at the time, my husband, although an, an amazing human being, always went to work and was always at home, He he had alcohol problems. And that scared me because I was worried about his health and him just being there for the family, you know? So I remember three days after I found out I was pregnant with my third child, I, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I couldn't breathe. It felt like a bear was like a, you know, a two ton elephant was sitting on my chest and I could not breathe. I was panicking. I felt like I was having a heart attack and, um, it, it, I figured out I had a panic attack. And it was because I was just afraid to have another child, bring another child into the world with someone that I was worried about. You know, my husband, I was worried about his well-being. I was worried about his health. I was worried about our future. And I didn't realize that I had anxiety until I had that panic attack. So it all just kind of came to a head. and, um, And then after that, I was just afraid to have another panic attack after that. So I started just panicking all the time and it was horrible. I was scared to death all the time. Um, I, I didn't want to go outside because I was afraid people were watching me, so I became agoraphob- agoraphobic. Um, it was just, I mean, it was just horrible. It was just a horrible thing, and then I ran into this guy, like, this, this book online, and I can't remember it for the life of me right now. Oh, Anxiety No More. I can't remember his name, but I read the book, and it said that just feel, just feel your anxiety. It's okay. Like it's just anxiety. It's just another human, um, emotion or, or condition. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know? So I, I kind of, I took that and I just, and I was okay. Like I was like, Oh, okay. I can be anxious. It's okay to feel this way. There's nothing wrong with me. I thought something was wrong with me because I was panicking and anxious and all of that. So once I figured out that I was okay, then I was okay. And years went by and, um, we ended up getting pregnant with the fourth, well, not years. It was like a year later, my husband had a vasectomy, the vasectomy didn't take, we got pregnant with the boy. (laughs) So then we have a fourth child. Um, we're living in California at the time and, um, and I don't know what happened, but I had another major panic attack in the middle of the night and it set off my anxiety full blown. And no matter what I tried to tell myself, I couldn't snap myself out of it. So, and this had happened in like November of 18, I think it was. And until June of 19, I was just a hot mess full of anxiety. The agoraphobia was back. The social anxiety was back. Um, I was having panic attacks every night. I wasn't sleeping. I was afraid to go to bed because I didn't want to wake up from a panic attack. So I was like, okay, I just won't sleep. I was running nonstop, like 10, 15 miles a day, because I thought if I just burn off the adrenaline that, that the panic attacks are producing, then I'll be okay. Um, I couldn't eat because I would get that feeling of being full and that would make anxiety come on. So, I mean, it was, I was just a hot mess. I was losing weight. I was running excessively. I was driving my, I wasn't sleeping. I had a young, you know, I had young, fam- young kids trying to take care of kids. It was just, it was terrible. My marriage was rocky. I mean, everything was horrible. And then we decided we wanted to move back to Georgia. So as all of this is going on, we decide we want to move. So that brought on even more anxiety. Uh, beginning of June um, of 2019, I was on Facebook and I was scrolling. And I came across a woman named Nicola Bird. And, um, she, she told her story. It was like a three minute little thing. And she told her story and it sounded exactly like mine with her anxiety. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? I'm like, I feel like this is me. So I, um, you know, I went to her little thing and she was running this program and, um, and she, and it was like a six week program. It cost a hundred dollars. And I was like, anything's worth I will pay a million dollars to help simmer down this anxiety. Anything. I was willing to give a limb at this point, a limb, because the anxiety was then turning into depression, which you know what happens when you, when it turns into depression, you, you know, I was this close to being checked into a, to like a suicide ward because I just, I couldn't take it anymore. So stumbled across Nicola Bird, and uh, she's a, british so that made it even better because she she has podcasts as well and um you know listening to the british accent she's adorable well her program um has to do with the three principles are you familiar with the three principles okay okay so the three principles um are now this is so i'm going to backtrack just a little bit there's a gentleman called sydney banks and he was a um he was a welder, a Scottish welder who lived in Canada. Now he had this wonderful, like, moment of enlightenment. He was on a boat, and um, he was fishing or something, and he was sitting there, and all of a sudden, he has this like, you know, thirty second moment of enlightenment. This this um this thing comes about him, and it, and it showed him how our experience as human beings works. And um, long story short. It's a uh, thought consciousness and mind mind being what we're all connected to because we're all connected to something. You know, we're the universe. We're all one thing. We make up the, you know, the universe. We're part of it. Right. We're always connected to it. And that's where we get our energy from flows in us, flows out of us, right? Flows in it, flows out. Now consciousness is the ability to, to know that we're alive and that we're experiencing something. Now, thought is what gives us our experiences. Uh, We only experience things through thought. And um, the first thing that hit me with the whole thought thing was that um, thoughts and feelings are two different sides of the same coin. (laughs) Whatever you're thinking, you're going to feel. And a lot of this thought happens, obviously, subconsciously, right? Um, But if you want to put yourself into a sad mood, you can very easily. You know, anybody can easily put themselves into any mood that they set their mind to. All you have to do is start thinking sad thoughts. Think about dead grandpa, you know, think about the dog that got hit by the car. I mean, you could totally set yourself off. So, and then, of course, it goes deeper into that, like, you know, thoughts. Our our brain is just a bunch of thoughts, like, you know, how we think about someone else is who they are to us. It may not even be who they are. It's just how we think, you know. So that's that. But what I learned was that, um, you know, the thought consciousness in mind, anxiety, depression, all of those are just thoughts and feelings. And that no matter what kind of, um, you know, chaos is going on in my head, I'm safe. I'm okay. It's just like, you can't really be, I mean, you can be hurt, like you're feeling sad or or angry, but you're, you're safe within your own, um, thinking. Um, my anxiety isn't, it isn't hurting me. Is it causing me to suffer a little bit? Yes, it's causing me to suffer. Um, but it's, it's just part of being human. Everybody experiences it, um, at one point or another, they may not even know what it is. It's a shame that we even have to put names on things and label this as anxiety and label that as that. Why can't we just call it just the human experience? Like you're, you're just feeling feelings. You're feeling energy. And once we put a label on things, that's when it actually becomes something. Um, so back to Nicola Bird. She did this program where she goes through just kind of explaining um, how our human experience works, um, how, um, you know, if, if you're having a lot of – a lot of anxiety could cause physical symptoms, though. Um, so that's the thing. Like upset stomach, no sleeping um the, the release of adrenaline, so it is all connected everything is just just connected, but anyway, so that's kind of like what set me off on the moment to moment thing was to just kind of slow down a little bit. I was really future living, you know just kind of always worried, constantly worried, constantly worried, and I just learned that no matter you can't you can't change anything by worrying. You know, you're never not going to worry about stuff, but I've, I've learned to kind of change my focus. Like I don't have to focus on my worry. It's always going to be there. The monkey brain that's like, oh, if you don't do this on time, or if you don't, you know, have dinner prepared, or oh gosh, you have to do, oh God, God, gosh, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't have to focus on that. I can look at a more quiet space. And that's like the present moment. It's the quiet space. It's what's happening right here, right now. So that is where, like, the kind of living in the present moment is not focusing on the the monkey brain chatter, but focusing on the quiet mind, which is the, the peace, which is what we're all seeking, really, is the quiet mind. Because our minds are just blah, 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 blah. If it's not something that's, um, you know, like self-loathing, it's it's being angry at someone else or worrying about what you have to do 10 minutes from now or an hour from now. Um. So yeah, just kind of slow down, even though I talk very quickly, I do have a very quiet mind um, and focus more so on the, um, the, the, just the quietness. And if, if I can do that, I'm actually able to achieve more of the stuff on the worry side and have less worry because I'm not stuck in my head. You know, oh, gosh, if I don't, I got to do And then, you know, because when you're doing that, you're not really doing anything at all. You kind of are like stuck sitting there just, you know, like a hamster on a wheel going nowhere.
0: Well, that's where he is. Yeah. And our friend there. coming oh. into your present moment. It's like all that dirt and, and dust and all that stuff coming in and it's polluting it when you worry about something that hasn't happened or...
1: Something that it has thing. already. Right.
0: <laughs> and even if it's something, you know, typically when most people bring in the past, and it's always the bad stuff, but even the good stuff, too, can pollute the present moment.
1: Exactly. So, it, it clouds your... Your perception of what's in front of you—you know—just focus on what's in front of you. That's, you know, I because it's so cliche. You know, I love oh live in the moment. You know, it's become kind of cliche, um, the saying, and I think people almost get upset when you say it, because it's it's not something that you can force yourself to do. Um, it, you know, people like to practice it by you know maybe meditating or or doing whatever. To me living in the moment is, um, you kind of fall into it. You fall into the moment, um, and your, your focus changes. And I don't, you know, like I never did anything to make that happen. I was always told by these teachers, by Nicola Byrd and these other teachers that are in the three principles world, um, that you, you can't, once you try to make your brain do something, you can't trick yourself into doing something. You like, you can't say, "Okay, focus on the moment," because then you're like, "Am I doing it right? Like, am I in the moment?" You know, and then you get yourself out of the moment. But you're not right, yeah.
0: right? You, if you're thinking you're in the present moment, you're not
1: right. Exactly. You 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 throw yourself back out of it, um, and you know. And the funny thing about it all is that we're always in the moment. There's nowhere else where we could be, you know it's like I'm always in the present moment, but I just might be up in my head, and I still totally get up in my head, you know, but i'm I'm quicker to notice it. That's the thing is that I'm like, oh, I'm up in my head again, you know, I'm more aware that I'm doing it. it's all about awareness you know i'm I'm- compl- I'm like, oh, there I go again, you know, and I giggle, you know, and then I snap myself out of it and and just go back into you know being in the moment.
0: When I started looking at other, I don't. Buddhism is not a religion. Buddhism is a practice. But they always have right. they have this one tenant that I have on my refrigerator over here. Basically, says, uh, watch your life like it's a movie. Like right. you're the protagonist in the movie. So Kelly just did this. Kelly's recording a podcast. Look at Kelly's body energy. And when you start doing that, that present moment becomes more present.
1: Yes, that's a wonderful point to make because consciousness is not necessarily um like okay like everything is connected but i do believe that consciousness is just that it is the observer it is watching what this human being is doing all the time and being and and how they are so if you tap into your consciousness more like you said and that you become the consciousness versus the 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 doer, you know, um, life just becomes that much more fun, you know, like I, I and, and to not take yourself so seriously, meaning don't take your emotions so seriously. Like I don't, I have a saying where I say, I don't care how I feel because if I start to get too upset about how I feel, then I start to go into my anxious thinking, like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way, or I should feel this way, and there is no way you should or shouldn't feel about something. You feel how you're going to feel, and that's it, and I don't, and that goes back to not taking yourself so seriously. Like, I get upset with my kids sometimes over the silliest things, and I'm like, why are you taking your feeling so seriously right now. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And you're not spending your time very wisely. You're not investing that time very wisely. So, you know, because we all want to be happy and, you know, all these things and joyful all the time. Um, So I try to live more joyfully by not taking myself so darn seriously. But I also know that I'm not going to appreciate my high moments without having low moments. So when those low moments come around, Not that I take, not that I don't take them seriously, just that I allow them to come around that I am, I am open to any emotion that arises. I don't, I don't have any ill feeling against any, there are some that I would like to, you know, that I enjoy more, but I, I can't pick and choose, you know, I just can't pick and choose. I, you know, so I just allow it to be what it is, and I find, and this is an Eckhart Tolle thing, he's like, if you just sit with an emotion and ride it out, he's like, within, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds, it's gone, you know, and the next one's coming in, you know, so you don't need to, yeah, you just, if you're feeling anxious, or if you're feeling upset, like, find where it is on you, where you're feeling it, and feel that feeling, like, feel the feeling versus the thought, Like, don't follow the thought. So, say your husband or your wife or whatever just made you upset. Instead of going with the thought that made you upset, feel the feeling, and before you know it, it dissipates, and then you forget what had just happened anyways, because you're living in the moment, and that's the past, right? Right,
2: right. (laughs) That's kind
0: of how it's supposed to work, and it's not an easy thing to do as humans, because we're souls, for me, we're souls in a meat suit. So, um, and so it's hard to do that, and you've done, like, that's why I kind of wanted to talk about the anxiety, and that's called I seem to, for whatever reason, attract those people that are anxious. I have a lot of friends that have a lot of high, strong anxiety. I think I have some deep-level anxiety, but not outwardly. More okay. And, and I'm trying to peel away the layers, but that's why I think your story is so wonderful just said you kinda of had got anxious last night in the middle of the night for this podcast. That means you're still dealing with it, but you just said, okay, it's my feeling. That's a feeling as opposed to a thought. That little separator is a brilliant way to look
2: at it. Because yep. it's just a feeling.
0: You know, yep. I have a feeling that how this podcast
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so simple. Well, I think people confuse, um, simple and easy. Sometimes simplicity is, isn't the easy way, you know, they're not, they're not, I don't believe that they, you know, just because it's simple makes it, makes it, makes life easy or, or, or whatever. Sometimes simple can be, you know, very, um, detailed and very intense and, and, but, but, but it isn't necessarily easy, you know, um, but it is simply it's like saying something is simply this, you know, like like you said about the feelings. It's just as simple as that. It's just it's just a feeling. But that isn't that isn't. You know what I mean? It's, it's very not, intricate, you know,
0: very <laughs> <It's extremely> intricate. <laughs> and like our feelings, a lot of our feelings come from our programming as children. Yeah. And you have managed to somewhat rewire your brain on feelings. and that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're done. And because
1: oh yeah, no, it's a it's favorite. a journey. It's a journey. Right. It's
0: a yeah. I, I don't know if you know who Abraham Hicks is, but uh, she talks about law of attraction. Which is yeah. Big-
1: A balance so you see how you were upset about um, being sad and then your brain right away tried to rebalance that sadness with the happiness so it leveled the actually endorphins out you know because you were pumping out some sad ones and then the brain goes in and that's how amazing our human our brain is when you allow it to do what it's supposed to do so some people try to go in and do too much by fixing their thinking, or they think about their thinking. And that can cause a problem. They don't go with the flow. Like, you got to go with the flow, you know? You got to go with the flow. You can't overthink your thinking. And that was another part of my anxiety, was I was always thinking about my own thinking, and just spending way too much time being like, like, oh, why am I thinking that thought? And what does that thought mean? And um, and how you know and blah 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 and what it caused is like that dirt you know like with the pig pen and more mental chatter when all I was looking for was some quiet so that I could appreciate the present but it's yeah. hard to when when you're <laughs> constantly battling yourself
0: <laughs> and there's so, there's so many it is because I know so many said for years messages are not always you can give a person a message they just may not receive it
1: right it's like leading a horse to water but you can't make them drink you know they have to have it's it's about um realizations you know once it once somebody realizes oh you know you get that aha moment like oh you know and then you know but they have in order for us to grow like you said yeah. there's nothing anybody can teach us and and plus we already we already know we are we're children of the universe we are part of the universe we are made of stardust like we already know everything we just need to be woken up to it so we can be woken up to things by having these kinds of conversations right and reading books and all of that but but i'm not necessarily going to go to a book and learn anything. You know, I might not learn anything because I'm not open to it. I might not be open to it, you know? And my it, I just might not receive the message like you said, it just might not happen. And just because I am, you know, where I am in my journey doesn't mean that I still, you know, miss messages. Like I miss messages all the time.
2: <laughs>
1: Constantly. Uh, Constantly. Yes. Constantly missing my messages and um but when I do get one, I'm like, oh, and I love those moments, those, those moments. Yeah, they're just wonderful moments, well, <laughs> those growing moments.
0: I had a, a it's 2012 or 13, I, every year I was writing out goals, and like it wasn't working, so I just is quoted on means so everywhere. And I read that once a year. And uh-huh. it's not self-help, it's just this Messiah
2: a, who flies these planes, you know, the
0: barnstormer planes like they used to do. Mm-hmm. And he's a messiah. There. And this other guy gets matches up with him and also they teaches him lessons throughout the way. And it's cool. And it's brilliantly written, and it's funny. Because he did the Jonathan Livingston. Seagull book way back. Like, that was the one that got him, Richard Bach got him on the map. I read that one. It's really good. Really, really good. But, about Seagull, but this Illusions has always been good. There's some books that I can read. I've got several of them that I love. Like, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On. Right. Maybe 50 pages. Guy published it by himself on Amazon, and
1: and isn't it great every time you reread a book that you've already read you you it's like it's like you get a whole new message from it it's like oh I didn't realize that that's what you know what I mean like like it kind of like it tells you a different story even though it's the same one and you're familiar with it you get something new out of it every time the ones that you love you know why that is well I, I think it's because you're Maybe you're open to, you know, to hearing the message that, you know, was written in there that you didn't hear before or whatever, but I, I go ahead. You,
0: because you've changed, you've grown.
1: You've grown. Yeah. You've grown. You're ready for and, it. Yeah. You
2: yeah.
0: You've grown. And like, I read illusions and I do, I go, whoa, wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know, and it's, that's been around for 50 years, you know, give or take. 25. And you've probably read
1: it 10 times, huh?
0: At least. I, I've this woman back in, what, 2002, 2003. And she gave me it. And I saw it the original copy she gave me. And I love it. It's a great book. Uh, love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. I've read that. Uh, Live Your Truth, which is another one by Kamal Ravikant. 60 pages, maybe. And it's a small one. It's about, like, about that big, you know? Oh,
1: right. And like a pocketbook, a little dude,
0: pocketbook. It's a pocketbook. that one when I got my IT job downsized and I was struggling with identity and one of the things he talked about in it is say I love myself in the mirror for five minutes every day. That's what got him through he was in a hospital or something like that it got him through that. I'm like, okay, I don't have a job right now. I'm not going to worry about money for a while. i not to start that. Hospital? Yeah. Stuff like
1: that,
0: but then the other stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a stack of those, too. And maybe one day I'll circle back, and I'll open it up, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm ready for this one now, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I can book The Four Agreements, and I know what they are, but I never finished the book. But I just love right. The Four Agreements, which is a great, great book. I That's by, book. um... do
2: Yes, is
1: Is that Um, by, hold on, am I looking at, oh no, that's not that one. Okay, I was looking at this, this author, the author, this guy, he's also great.
0: Yeah, I know that, that book is really familiar.
1: Yeah, he did The Alchemist too, Um, Paulo, yes, Yes. I don't know why I can't pronounce that last name, it's Corlho, Corlho. anyways, (laughs) anyways, <laughs> but this Valkyrie, yes. so this is a good book, that's a really, really good book and I thought, I remember the four, the four agreements, um, I don't think I've ever read it, but for some reason it made me think of this author for some reason I don't know why, but it did, it just oh.
0: did <laughs> it's funny because it's really good stuff you know, I have a Buddhist book as well and you know, I, my obviously my mantras is Every Thought Matters so,
2: yes I
1: love it. Yeah. Girl. I wanna
2: go ahead.
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, no, no. I was just gonna say um that there is a saying and I think it's it's a Chinese proverb. And if it isn't a Chinese proverb, then either Buddha or Confucius said it. One of one of those three things that um it has to do with enlightenment. It says before enlightenment you chop wood and carry water, right? And after enlightenment chop wood and carry water meaning that nothing really changes because we think that something magical would we become like we're gonna all love and you know being able to cure cancer you know with the touch of a <laughs> and um, right, right, right. and uh, the, so that's one saying that has always just stuck with me uh, and, uh, ever since I learned it was just like w- what it does is when you become a little enlightened is which is just another cliche term I feel I think it's it's really just a, sh- a change in perspective so before you were like you know dragging the water and just like hacking at the wood and now you're like You're living in the moment and you're like, this is, this is chopping wood. This is awesome. I get to do this. I am, I am able to do this. I am capable to do this. And this water is heavy, but my shoulders are strong and I can carry this water. But it was just the same before you became enlightened, but you just have a different perspective on it. That's all that it is. It's like a veil that had been, you know, you're lifting off. Like you said, you're, you're kind of getting rid of the, uh, the layers, you know, your veil at a time. Clearing up your um your vision, you know, of life. But yeah, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs>
2: no, I love it. No, I think that's
0: great. I think that's a Chinese proverb. I don't yeah. think that's Buddha or Confucius. That it sounds like a Chinese proverb. Because
1: yeah, it's I one know. of my favorite. I say it to myself every day, to be honest with you, because I, you know, as I'm sweeping, because life becomes mundane. You know, a stay-at-home mom, and I'm here, and I'm doing laundry, and I'm folding the same pair of pants 50 times, and I was like, remember, you know, you kind of almost want life to be boring, because when it's hectic, and when there's illness, or when there's anything else, that's not a fun time, you know, I prefer the mundane, I embrace the mundane, um, and I, I just live in those mundane moments, like just moment to moment, life is mundane, and I appreciate the hell out of that. (laughs) <laughs> I can't get
0: enough of it. Well, it's fascinating to me because it's, I and mean, I think that's a wonderful way to look at life too. Because those are just, I don't know, like sweeping the floor. You know, I used to have a mantra, like,
1: Right, it changes um, the perspective on it.
0: They're just carrying water, chopping wood in a different way.
1: Exactly. In a more um appreciative way that there's even wood to chop and water to carry. Right. Because that can be taken from you, you know, at any given right. time. You know, you can you can lose things. So it's living in the moment is also living in gratitude. And um that's another thing that i just try to have an abundance of is gratitude because when you have an abundance of gratitude then more things that you're gracious for come towards you so like you know your law of attraction um and like manifesting let's say um you don't manifest like i did i did a a video on it and um because it just struck home It's, it's it was so true that you don't manifest you, you manifest and attract what you are.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. people who so want relationships. You know?
2: Say that they more time. Attract,
0: you know what I mean? I yeah. Manifest what you are. Absolutely. You know, and that's a... It sounds simple, going back to being simple. It's not simple.
1: It's not. It's, it's not. Yeah, and you think about it. Yeah, and it... And it but it does kind of make it a little bit easier too to understand manifestation, you know, because I think there's a little bit of taboo around that where people don't really fully understand manifestation is. And they think that they have to do something. And all you have to do is be your true self. You know, do it's the it all goes back to the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Put out in the world what you want to come back to. It boomerang it, you know, it's it's a big giant boomerang, you know. Same thing you could throw karma in there too if you want to. And if whatever you don't want you know, coming back and slapping you in the face, then don't don't throw it out there because you're gonna manifest that.
0: Wow. Law of attraction is just a boomerang.
1: Yeah. It really I I mean
0: simplify that for me. Appreciate it. Yeah down I under have friends in australia they'll like them.
1: didgeridoo little didgeridoo action
0: yeah <laughs> i don't i can't even spell that but yeah that. <laughs> that's not a knife this is a knife
1: <laughs> <laughs> throw another shrimp on the barbed <laughs> yeah, yeah. only you
0: will know how to cook that
1: oh okay. <laughs> Well, actually, my daughter is a big shrimp uh, cooker. Like, so if we decide to have shrimp, the sixteen-year-old takes care of of that whole process. So I, you know, I buy them frozen, you know, with the shell on and stuff, and she thaws them out, and she deveins and deshells, and she cooks them all up and does like you know scampi or whatever, whatever we want. So I'm training them well. <laughs>
0: okay. Nice. You're, you're you're getting you know a home. You're homeschool culinary school, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. My eight-year-old, she's like, well, since my mom's a chef, and I came from my mom, I'm automatically a chef, too. And I was like, there you go, there you go. You know, believe in yourself, girl. (laughs) She's (laughs) chef.
0: Be the chef. Be the the
1: inner chef. Yes, exactly. (laughs) How funny.
0: (laughs) I know, but gosh, that gives you a I would say as a parent, I'm not a parent. I don't have any two-legged kids. So I would say that would give you a lot of joy to transfer some of that knowledge to those kids.
1: It does. Like I, when I do have my kids in the kitchen, now this, I don't know if there's any, if there will be any people in um, child care services uh, listening to this podcast, but when I train my children in the kitchen, they're using real knives, you know, because you got to learn, how to just, I just throw them to the wolves. Let's just put it that way. Plus right. I'm a chef. <laughs> so I know what I'm doing. And the first rule is don't ever try to catch a falling knife. Like if it is falling, you it jump falling back and, and you, yes, you just let that knife fall. But yeah, I mean, I get a lot of joy, but there's a lot of us, um, you know, I got the four kids and then me and then there's three dogs. So everybody's always wanting to be on top of each other in the kitchen. So it is joyful, but at the same time, I I do stress a little bit about it because um, although I live in the moment, my moments tend to overwhelm me um, <laughs> quite a lot because there's always so much going on, and um, which is fine, you know. I I I am way more quicker to notice that I've become overwhelmed, which stops me from being verbally abusive, you know? So I'm like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Sure. I need to just step back and, um, and take a breather or get one dog out of the kitchen at least, you know, because they're waiting for scraps to fall off the countertop, you know, and we're just, sure. everybody's all. But um, so, yeah, I mean, we do enjoy it. Um, and even the little guy now, he knows how to make his own scrambled eggs. He can use a knife properly and cut stuff up. So they're building their independence because I'm, like I said, I was a latchkey kid. So I I had those executive functioning skills. We, we formed them from day one. You know, I was, I raised my little brother. I started dinners when we got home from school. Um, I did everything like from a very young age nowadays with, with, the kids, the executive functioning skills, they just don't come into play. I'm an at-home parent. There's always somebody here. They don't have to fend for themselves. They don't have to do anything for themselves. So I'm starting to back up a lot. And I'm like, if you guys are hungry, go make yourself some eggs. Go, go, you know, go do this, go do that. You know where the stuff is and you've been trained how to do it properly. Uh, We're home here, you know, so if the house does start to burn down, we'll know, we'll get everybody out, you know, or, or whatever. But we're kind of kind of giving the power back to the kids a little bit, as far as for them, you know, they need to feel empowered that they can do things, you know, they can handle themselves, um, and, uh, and, and, and even advocate for themselves. You know, I'm always giving my kids permission to stand up to an adult. If, you know, if someone tries to, you know, speak to them the way that they shouldn't or treat them in a way that they shouldn't. So, um, yeah, because I was just, you know, like I said, I was just a whole latchkey kid. And then my kids were so far behind as far as where I was at their age. <laughs> and I was like, geez, you guys need to get some more skills. <laughs> yeah. Where did you come up with this
0: term? Was the first time I heard it when you talked about it the other day, the executive function. Where did that
1: So yeah, so exe- so executive functioning skills are that of like understanding like when you need help to ask for help or if you need information, where to go for it, how to get that information, how to how to help yourself when you're in a pinch, you know, uh, hustling huh. <laughs> how to hustle, you know yeah. how yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, survival skills is is what they are basic. Survival skills, but, but in a world of the modern day, you know, it's not like survival skills, like, you know, caveman days, right. Even though that's where it stems from. Sure. Those, those human beings lived in the moment because they had to, because at any given moment, there could be a tiger trying to eat their face off. So those people were always in the moment. Nowadays, we don't have that same kind of fear. So we create fear in our head and that what makes us anxious and what takes us out of the moment. So, yes, the survival skills, pretty much, and how to just you know come to, yeah, come to us for for help. And I learned the that term um, through the educational system. Uh, well, okay. not just because my kids, you know, they with their teachers and stuff, and they would bring up executive functioning. Executive functioning. I'm like, what is that? So <laughs> I educated myself on what they meant by that, and I was like, oh, survival skills. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Why don't just yeah. call it that?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that that has a different connotation. Executive function sounds more book smart. Survival skills sounds like okay, you're going to be on Survivor, you know, on next season, you know.
1: Right. Survivor. Well, I, it it comes down to the educational part of it, the executive functioning, um, and also, <laughs> sure. Like I tried to explain to my 16 year old, you this is her education, and she's got to get out of it what she can, you know, like. It's it's up to her what she's going to do with what she's going to get from it, how hard she's going to work. It's her education. You know, it's not my education. I already went through that, you know. So I think that's where the whole executive functioning term came was because they're like, if she, she needs help with math, she needs to ask us. She needs to come to us, use those skills. She knows she can come to us. She knows where the resources are. She needs to use her executive functioning skills. I'm like, okay, all right, you beat that with a, you know, with the stick <laughs> Not with the executive functioning skills. But anyways,
2: oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I knew you would be a wonderful guest on my podcast. You're so informative, but you're so down to earth. You're just as genuine on this, as I see you on TikTok, and I'm grateful that you're here. And I got a couple, two chef questions for you, okay. and then one last. Okay. One of the first chef question for me is, I think I know the answer, but like I make a five quart Italian sauce, you know, from scratch.
1: so simple, really.
0: No, you guys made it sound so simple the other night. And I'm like, ah, when I make this recipe, I'm going to do that because that's just cool. And I'm not a chef. I only make stuff that I like. I don't cook anything I don't like. It's That's my golden rule about cooking.
1: Yeah, don't spend but time I, wasting stuff that or making stuff that you don't like. <laughs> that would be right, I'm not, not good.
0: I <laughs> make eggplant parmesan, even though that's a really good dish. I just, I'm not uh, going to. Right. But that sauce tastes wonderful and great on pasta, with, you know, pasta red wine, the, the first night I make it, but the next day, just, that's when it's, it's best.
2: Why is Yes.
0: It, is it just, what's the cooking, fancy, sure. culinary reason why?
1: Okay, so there's something that's called, it, it, the flavors have married. So they've become one at that point. Um, but it doesn't happen you would think that it would happen like in the crock pot as it's cooking down for eight hours right you would think that that's what would do that magical like marrying of the flavors and it does I mean it starts there but for some reason that you cook it and then you chill it the chilling also does something to the ingredients um and it's it's all science, you know, it's science-based. Cooking is science-based anyways, but yes. just the the coagulation of everything coming together, the marrying of the flavors, it just like chemically bonds everything together and makes it just become that one delicious flavor that you're looking for, versus being able to pick out flavors from, you know, what like individual flavors. Right. So it 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 just marries it all together and then you reheat it. And it's like almost like a whole new, like a whole new dish. Yes, I mean, true. and the same, same for anything, like even like a, like a chicken soup, like I'll make a chicken uh, soup or yes. a chili. Chili's another one that does that. Chili like does I'll make a chili. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better two, three days for a week down the line. I'm like, Oh, this is the best food ever, you know, it didn't taste like this right. two days ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's, I
0: didn't, I assumed that it's just the marrying of the flavors, that I figured there might have been a, another ec-
1: there might be a more scientific jargon that goes into it and something that probably goes even over my head. I mean, I consider myself a little bit of a scientist because I'm a chef, but I there you know, like Alton Brown, do you remember him from Food Network? He's more yeah. of the scientific chef around things that probably could give a better explanation um, on how that um, chemically happens, but I think it's just the bonding of the molecules like that it chills it down therefore it, it just coagulates it. Together and just you know, turns it into yeah. something beautiful.
0: Well the science to me of the the other thing was that was last the other night was the first time I ever heard that about I don't know remember what you guys called it, but basically carryover. Yeah, carryover cooking. I that's the physics of that bugged me because you cook something still has enough heat embedded in it to cook itself a little more is that what it is
1: yeah i know it is it is witchcraft it's total wizardry if you think about it um and i think because it almost works at a delayed rate so Mm -hmm. the heat is coming into it from obviously the outside in but it's it's going into it and it's still penetrating through it. So it, it'll hit the, the, the surface and then it's going through it, right? It's still continuing to go through it, but nothing's stopping it from continuing to go through at that point. But it, it just, but it needs to finish its, its, its run, the heat. So it, it, it just keeps going even after you pull it off off the heat. And I always thought that it was just some magical thing that, you know, the universe has blessed us with. I I never questioned it. <laughs> I'm well, like, okay, I, it does its thing.
0: <laughs> for me, I have a science brain, so the physics of it, but it kind of makes sense, too, because you kind of heat it up and say, whatever you're cooking it in, you heat it up a dish, you will. And that dish probably still carries some of that heat, so that some of that heat actually helps. No, I'm going to cook everything like that from here. I, oh. I only learned about it last Thursday. Literally, I, yeah. I, I kid you not. Yeah. And I had a conversation you, about that. Wow, that is so cool.
1: Yeah, you want to do you know five to ten degrees under um, for yeah. for anything, just just in case, because sure. like I said, I think it's the heat that penetrates it, and then it just keeps going through it, and because it, it hasn't finished, it's it's. <laughs> its yep. thing yet oh. and then it yeah and then you could even if you want to take it off even another five degrees earlier um wrap it with foil oh, so because sure. I'm talking to, yeah I'm talking about taking it off the grill or whatnot um and then you put it on something and then you wrap it with foil and then that'll even you know bring it up another five degrees because you're then you know kind of you know packaging it up again so that the heat the heat can't release so yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, you are.
0: You, I'm not a dab, I don't have the fancy cooking tools. I made chili, though. Somebody sent me a recipe, and it's just like that. It was like that. Four days later, I'm like, how is this still tasting this freaking good?
1: Yeah, that it's is amazing, Palatino isn't it? That is not it
0: cornbread, but you're in the South, so you know all about cornbread.
1: Yeah, and grits. It's a lot cornbread. more grits than it is the cornbread out here, believe it or not. Like, there's grits, grits, yeah. grits, grits, grits. You know, sweet grits. and grits jalapeno grits everywhere to grits grits. <laughs> right. right. And if hey, Kelly, if you ever have any questions about any food, anything, please don't, you know, don't hesitate to to contact no. me. Like I'll I like I said I'm I like there the for things you. I like.
0: I like, right. I cook I make a pumpkin cheesecake from scratch. That's one of my things. I make that Italian sauce. Now there's chili. Um,
1: tater tots. I didn't
0: bacon didn't make a wrap. lot of tots. Bacon wrapped <laughs> tots. That was a, that's always a New Year's Day thing for me. That's my New Year's Day staple because I love watching college football. As,
2: okay. And
0: so I have to have that. And it's not rocket science. Seriously. You just cook gator <laughs> no. toss like whatever the bag says. Make them that way. Just put some bacon on it. And also <laughs> you have sizzling bacon. Right. <laughs> Great. It's very simple and it's good.
1: So do you dip those in anything, or do you just eat, pop them in your mouth? No, or I cheese? haven't
0: dipped them in anything. I haven't tried that. I've, I've gone the simple route so far. You know, the past what, five or ten years, that's all I've done. I've never thought about what, what would go, you know, I don't know the flavor palette, what would be good with, the bacon, with potatoes and bacon.
1: I think cheddar. Some shredded cheddar, cheddar after you, they're almost all the way done. Then you oh, sprinkle some just some a little bit program. of cheddar on top. Yeah. Or any cheese, really. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't discriminate cheese. against cheese. Yeah,
0: neither do I. <laughs> not, Steph. We are all equal opportunity cheese lovers.
1: Guys. Yes.
0: <laughs> wow. This has been. I knew it was going to be amazing, but this blew blew it out of the water. You're just so fascinating, and I'm really grateful you came on to my podcast today. Now only to talk about cheese. Anytime. Cooking, but, but Story about how you handle anxiety. Because I know so many people that would love to hear your message. So many
1: people. Hey, send them my way, and I'll I'll totally help out. That's that's one of my problems is that I try to help everybody, and I kind of like wear myself thin a little bit. I spread myself too thin because I'm 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 a helper, and I'm so empathetic towards others because I've been there. Yeah, you know, and I know what it's like. And, and how hard it is, you know?
0: Right. And that's kind of why I'm coached, because I don't coach because I think I'm better than anybody else. I just coach because I've learned a lot of crap. So
2: yeah. Why not?
1: Just help. That's why I'm trying to help out my friend, Levi. I don't know if you saw that one of my last things he's, he's dealing with some mental issues, some mental um, health. Yeah. And he's a vet and he's just the sweetest guy. Like he's so sweet. He doesn't even know how to defend himself. You know, he'll like, he'll give you the the shirt off his back and he's just falling And I'm just trying to help him as much as I can. I'm like, I don't know what else I can do. (laughs) So it's like, however I can help, I'm there. Right.
0: Ninety percent of what people's help is is allowing them to vent and not
1: smell. to hear,
0: right? No, <laughs> no, nope, nope, you don't. I, you got to listen to body cues language, like, all that stuff, but all we need is somebody to listen to us.
1: Yeah, but and to feel fact, that you're being heard.
0: Yes. To feel, and you're really good at empathy, and so am I. Right. Child divorced in the seventy, seventy-two, I think, was eight years old, which is so. That was my coping mechanism. That'd be nice. To
1: me. Yeah, but exactly. I, yeah, I, learn empathy. I, too. Yes. Yes. That's, that's one thing that I have become in this anxiety journey is my own best friend, number one, and my own cheerleader. You know, it's like, there's nobody who's going to do it for you. You know, there's nobody who's going to get through it for you. You and, and you're responsible, you know, like you, you are responsible for, for you. So Take the responsibility. You got this. And even if you don't got this today, you can get it tomorrow. You know, so grace, have a little bit of grace with myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm awkwardly great. I don't have, I'm awkward with grace, but grace with myself is perfect because I love that word. I just think that's a great way to look at how you treat yourself. Treat yourself with grace.
1: With grace. Yeah. Because, you know, You just you just have to. If you don't, then you just you become too anxious and too overwhelmed and to all of that. So I have to be very gracious. And then that helps me be graceful with others, you know.
0: Right. You're very good at that too, right Oh live. You're you're you allow people to be fresh who they are and not and not try to package them.
1: Because we exactly try to package people. Exactly. Well, yeah, we do as humans, and i've I've made it a point in my life to to be like you have said, to be that just that kind of safe place for people to be who they are, with with zero judgment, because that's how I go into every situation. Like I just like I am myself, and I feel, and even if I'm not safe, I I feel safe because I'm comfortable with myself. You know, so I bring that feeling of how I am with myself into situations with others, just sure love, comfort, and, um, and just be your true self, because it just feels good, you know, it just feels so good, <laughs> and I'm all about so those fun. good endorphins. <laughs>
0: yeah, any way you can get them, so I right? do appreciate you coming on, and you want Thank you, you want Kelly. To people where they
1: Oh, sure. Can we give a a TikTok shout-out?
0: Oh, please do. Do whatever. (laughs) However you want people to talk to here, like, hey, go see, you know, because your handle on TikTok is so long, I can't remember.
1: Okay. It is Stephanie, S-T-E-F-U-N-N-Y, gangsta. (laughs) This is such a ridiculous name. G A N S T A of o f l u v gangster of love 420 <laughs> and that's it you know it's, it's stephanie gangster of love 420 <laughs> the most ridiculous name ever but i'll tell you what it just kind of applies to the world you know it just it connects everybody it applies
0: to you it applies to you <laughs> you <laughs> got a little gangster in you and you are funny you are ridiculously funny so oh, thank
1: you <laughs> yeah find, find me on tiktok Yes. Kevin. Wonderful to Perfect. see you. Thank you. I'm honored that you had me on. I hope I, I hope I was good.
0: You were wonderful as always. I wasn't worried about you at all.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: no anxiety for your, your podcast at all.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Cause I had it all.
0: <laughs> oh, I, yeah, you, you owned it for the both of us. How's that?
1: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you, Kelly. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Okay.